Time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the savvy, divine Miss C. And welcome to the show. Now, today, I'm going to profile a very good and very dear old friend of mine back from New Jersey, Marianne Stefanik. She's a professional musician, a lyricist, a singer, a songwriter, uh, very, very talented. And I want to welcome you to the show, Marianne. Hi, Lori. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. Um, and we've got a lot of stuff to cover because we're going to go over and we're going to actually play some of you know some clips from a lot of your music. Amir, I want to start out with your, your family, with your parents. Were they musical? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you become a musician? How did you become inspired to become a musician? I, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know. Uh, my father, when we were young, he would he would force us, actually, to dance. <laughs> My brothers, of course, came out of it with no instruments whatsoever or any uh, wanting to dance because he would drink and actually I would stand on his toes and we would we would dance. And then eventually, of course, we would just dance and I, I knew how to dance. So it was, uh, I, I don't want to say inbred in me in a very young age, but... Uh, that's where it's, that's how I remember it. Uh, good or bad or indifferent, it stuck with me. And uh, I think my first, the first thing that I remember that I had was this little Victrola. And uh, I guess I was uh, six, something like that, between five and seven maybe. And it was a little Victrola. It sat on the floor. And uh, I can't tell you what the name of the song was, but I can tell you it was a 45. And when I put it in, I would look in because I'd have to stick my head in. And the <laughs> song would be playing, and the little fish would as the 45 record went around. Now, I could probably look it up and then, or you could look it up uh, uh, and find out what it was, but I used to think to that. Then as I got a little bit older, it was The Monkees, and it was every song of The Monkees, <laughs> and it was to a point where my brother Charlie actually physically took the album and broke it over my head, and uh, it wasn't funny at all. I'm, and it's not really funny now, but um, uh, I guess they didn't like music as much as I. It was just in my bones. It was just there. Loved to dance. Um, my parents really couldn't put me in dance. They put me in ballet. I danced from the age of 3 to 12. Uh, had I had known, I wish that I would have gone into uh, ballroom dancing, but, you know, I only could do what my parents had given me. Um when I was a teenager uh, and I was introduced to Elvis, I would sit in my basement and sing every single song of Elvis Presley, Suspicious Minds. I would make sure I hit every note. I would sing. I loved Dean Martin. Dean Martin, I, I, you know, everybody, everybody was oh, Frank Sinatra, but Dean Martin actually had the soul, the same as... Right. Uh, Elvis, and I loved Conway Twitty, and of course I loved the Supremes, and I loved I loved all the songs from back then, you know. Uh, and of course, if you go into the future a little bit, I loved Queen, and I loved Alice Cooper, and you know I liked Led Zeppelin. It all depends, you know. I don't like a specific artist for every song. I don't think that anybody really does, but I liked all the popular songs. But Elvis, the most. Uh, I uh, just would train with him. I guess uh, I guess you could call it that. Now, I would just sing every single song. Uh, Conway Twitty, it's only make believe. I would just sing it and 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 sing it till I had it down. So little did I know that I was developing. I was developing. I was training myself. I was learning from these uh, just fabulous artists from yesterday you know yeah did you have and, um, did you have formal training at all or you're really self-taught uh when i was well i had a hairbrush and my mother was my <laughs> audience and, okay uh, <laughs> and i would stand on the steps and she'd be on the couch and i'd be singing whatever it was that i was singing probably the, the monkeys or whatever who knows 
And uh, then she'd look away, and I'd go like, Mom, what are you doing? You're, you're my audience. Oh, oh, she'd say, I'm sorry. Okay, that's beautiful, you know, and all that stuff. And um, I guess she saw something. She took me briefly. I worked with this um, man. I was young. Uh, he just... He, was, he said, there's really nothing I can do with you. He said, you really have a, a great gift. He said, you're never going to be an opera singer. He said, but you can sing. He said, you can sing. Um, I auditioned for the best little whorehouse in Texas with uh, uh, Burt Reynolds and... Um, Dolly Parton? Oh, gosh, was it Dolly Parton? Yes, yep. I did. Uh, it was on Broadway, but it was going to be a movie, so they were auditioning for that. And I have to say that I was, um, I wasn't very confident, you know, but I was a good dancer, and I remember the uh, choreographers, you know, Steps. Uh, you would come out. We came in a, uh, in a group of 25 each, and um, I was just dancing. You had, they showed you this skit where you looked in a mirror, and you extended your leg out and you pulled the pretend to pull the stocking up and then you went into a freelance dance and you know when our group went out that's what we were doing and I was like I saw the exit sign and I was standing in the back and I remember the guy saying whatever you do don't walk out don't leave don't leave don't leave and I went right out the door it just wasn't meant to be you know it wasn't wasn't meant to be at the time and um, I auditioned for Snow White, too, and that was encouraged by a singing coach. Uh, remember, I think it was in the key of C, and I went in, and I had that short black hair with the brown eyes, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I just, uh, I walked out of that, too. I, I just couldn't do it. So uh, I've always been geared towards uh, music, um, even if I've walked away. Uh, I wanted to get into modeling and uh, well, I saw all those pretty girls, and even though I was very photogenic, I, I just I couldn't deal with that. So at 46 years old, um, having uh, well, my husband and I weren't having a really good time. <laughs> so I sat down one day, and I, I just said, uh, you know, my girls were becoming teenagers, and I was just like, wow. Things but, yeah, you're. I mean, your your kids. Obviously, I you know your kids are very musically gifted. I, I I was their teacher for many years, but they were very very talented. Um, so you kind of passed that on, I think, to them. Are they still involved in music at all at this time? Do they play no, or they're sing? Not. They're just they're just they're just doing what they're doing. Uh, I'm the one who extended it. I I didn't mean to get emotional, but I got emotional because I sat down that day and I I looked up. You know, I was by myself. It was ten o'clock in the morning. And I just, right. I said out loud, you know, uh, what is it that I have to offer here? My marriage, see, I'm still married, but uh, I, at that point in time, my girls were getting older, they were starting to rebel. Okay. And I just said, you know, I have nothing to offer here, nothing, you know, and I just said it out loud. And out of the air came a, a tap to my shoulders, three taps to my shoulder, and a voice in my head, my head said, pick up the guitar, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So I was, I just jumped off the couch and started laughing, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I did this in the 80s. I don't play guitar, really, okay. and I don't have any, uh, no, te- nobody taught me anything. How am I going to do this? I was just a singer. That's silly. And then three more taps and uh, pick it up, and I did, and I spit out, a rose is a rose is a rose. Everywhere, all the rhythms. Or mine, of course, you have uh, Jay Leslie on the album, and I would teach my rhythm to the uh, engineer, who is usually a very talented, well, where I went, a uh, very talented uh, rhythm guitar player, so they would pick it up right away. So the exact rhythm would be laid down the way I taught them, and then uh, there's so much room because I'm just a basic guitar player. I just p- play in the uh, upper neck of the guitar. And I'm comfortable there, and um, and then of course you have Jay Leslie and and uh, the drummer and everybody that would come in, and they'd lay down all the tracks that are behind my vocal and my lyric and my rhythm, which is obviously played by somebody else. But um, was that the first? And that's how, that's yeah. Was that the first song you ever wrote? Or that's the first song you ever wrote. No, no, the first song. The first song I ever wrote is the last song on the album called Nothing More. Didn't realize it was a song. 
It was back in 1983 after my first husband and I broke up. I just sat on the uh, the bed and I basic chords and it just came out. I put it down, never looked at it again. In fact, my cousin had to give me the lyrics and the chords to it years later. And I was like, oh, wow, I remember that. But anyway, uh, so, so the first song was actually February, it was uh, July 2nd, um, 2006, was Is Freedom Free. And mm -hmm. we were upstate New York, uh, and uh, we're, uh, I just, um, it was right before, um, what did I say, the 2nd, so July 4th is uh, 4th of July, and actually, this guy David was coming in, and he always sang, and he did Bon Jovi and stuff, you know. So I just I sat on the porch. I was like, I'm going to write this song, and I wrote it. And when I wrote it, my husband started crying when it was done. He was just he started crying. I said, What are you crying for? And he said, Because it's the truth. And I was just like, Well, okay. Uh, uh -huh. But then, uh, then the second song um, actually was uh, okay. The second song was Time Spent with You. And that actually is a song about death, but it's 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 a it's a celebration because it starts out with a saxophone, and uh, that's Jay Leslie, of course, and it's a big opening, and then of course uh, the lyrics go on to you know, but I don't want to remember without that person, and it talks about um, you know, hopscotch and the guitar and. Um, popcorn in a movie and uh you know just not wanting uh the third song well now you're really pushing it because <laughs> <laughs> i can remember those so vividly because they just were there it's funny um the song on the album i gotta tell you why it's a bit spiritual actually um i came down one day oprah had eckhart toll on he wrote a book called a new earth and he also, I have read his other one, The Power of Now. And, uh, you know, this is all part of trying to fix yourself and healing and your marriage and your kids. And, you know, you just want to blow your brains out, but you don't. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, so you write the songs um, instead. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I sat down. I got my pillow, my blanket. I went into the computer room. I, I laid down on the floor. She had this... Uh, 10 week uh, with Eckhart Tolle, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what it what, what you call it, but anyway, they would he would uh, he would talk and it, he would talk about a new earth and stuff like that, and he would talk about how people would come forward and say, "Well, I'd like to do this in a group," and he, you can't you can't do your own spirituality in your own group. You can't do it in a group. You have to do it alone. You have to search your own soul. You have to mm -hmm. look inside. You have to make the change. You have to figure out what the changes are. Sometimes you just have to strip down and say, you know what, I'm just going to be a nice person and I'm going to try to not, you know, uh, take everything so seriously. And then all that gets all jumbled up and you're like, well, screw that. Uh, but anyway, out of that came this great song called I Gotta Tell You Why. In fact, I was in my dining room and Shimmy would come home from work and I was working with the microphone and the guitar and I'm singing this song. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, why, why, why? <laughs> and he walked in like the third day and he's like, man, what do you gotta tell me? Will you tell me already? <laughs> so it turns out that some of the lyrics in that are, you know, and I, you know, I gotta tell you, I need to tell you why, why, why. And, and, and the first, uh, the lyrics are, why the oceans don't run dry and when we're overwhelmed, we cry. Why our scars heal from inside? And she's going to tell you why. Then the second one goes, why a newborn makes us shine. When we make new friends, we smile. Why we have that sparkle in our eyes. And then I go, because um, we're alive. And that gets carried out with the saxophone and you're alive, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then the third one goes, um, why a sweet tooth has such desire. While making love, we shudder inside, and by the time we're old, we are so wise. And that is why. And that is the story of I Gotta Tell You Why, which um, just kind of came together. Actually, when I was standing there, Tim would come in, like I said, for the third day, 
it was like a writer already, you know, tell me, but I couldn't get off of that. I got to tell you, I got to tell you. And uh, I got pissed off and I, I looked up and I went, all right, that's it. Enough of I got to tell you stuff. Come down here and help me write this song because <laughs> you inspired it. And that's just what happened. And that's where the verses came from. Just like that, they just came. So, you know, I am not a... Um, trained musician by no means and um, I certainly don't even belong next to the people that I'm alongside right now with the Grammys I can't even believe that that's happening but we'll get to that I guess Yes. Um, Rosebud is just like my uh, Rosebud is just you know um, a song that came, you know, just because, you know, women are, women are, can lash out. There's no doubt about it. They can be cornered and they, when they turn, they're going to turn. And once they turn, somebody's going to get, somebody's going to run because there's going to be a war. But um, Rosebud just depicts the, the, you know, how you, you have to be gentle and you have to be kind. You know, the more mature we are and a man too, the more mature a man is, Without his ego, and hers too, she'll melt for him. She will do anything for him. But if she's in danger, if she's in fear, if there's a wall between them, because we're all raised so differently, we're just mm-hmm. raised differently, and it's such a battle for us to um, get to the point where we can say, okay, you know, how do you get there? Well, you know how you get there? It doesn't matter if somebody, I had to learn it myself, somebody's putting me down, yelling at me, screaming at me. So I had to teach myself. I had to talk out loud. I had to ask, teach me, get me there, help me, you know. Right. And um, it, um, it just, you grow inside it and you learn how to not speak so fast and uh, understand where the background of that person is coming from and give them a chance to vent and realize that it's only words. And, you know, uh, a hand, somebody holding your hand or giving you a kiss on the cheek. I mean, after it's all said and done, everything always simmers down. For two hands to go together for no reason. And one ego will be stronger than the next, but the smarter ego will always simmer down. I think that's say, a, yeah, that's a good analogy. Okay. You but, know, it, yep. it's, it's just the way it is. So Rosebud is just, um, you know, just... She reinforces life, and um, you must be grateful, and and don't spite her, or him either, but don't spite her because uh, she can see it. She knows, you know, and uh, she needs to be respected in every uh, thing that she does, and so does he. Uh, We have a big problem in this country where we um, exploit women to the umph degree. I get it. It's okay. I like to dress up and look good, too. I get that. But you know what? When you're with a woman and it's your girl, I don't care how good looking. There's a two-second rule. I don't care. And not every man man does this. And I really respect a man that when you're with them, that they, you know, they're not gaga over it. Or they're just, they mature to a point where it's like, you know what, been there, done that. We're all going to wind up in the same place. (laughs) Yeah. We all go to the bathroom. We're all the same, you know. Yes. It's like... Uh, yeah, we all like sex, but guess what? It's a, it's, it's a lot less emotional if you take care of yourself. I don't mean to say that on air, but you know what? It's the truth. I hate to say it. I mean, I, 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 romance is wonderful, but if it's going sour, it doesn't take much to just take care of the moment. It's a function. It's more of a function than it is anything. I don't know sometimes if it should be related to a relationship because that novelty, that romance, wears off and that's where you got to find the glue and that's where you got to find the true romance yeah yeah it's interesting you mentioned it's interesting you mentioned that because a lot of times there are some some people who go out on you know when they're when they're dating and they're in love that romance period passes they say anywhere from you know six months to two years but some people only live for the romance section and when the romance part of it is over they're done. You know, they're done with they're done with whatever the relationship is and they move on to the next person. I think getting past that point well, where you really know each other, you know. Right. 
Right, they passed that point. Because there's egos involved, but let me just say this. Uh, I have been in love with my husband for a long, long time. We did have a lot of problems, and I always thought that, okay, as long as I'm making love to him, it's going to be okay. And guess what? It was. Every time we made love, it was okay. But as soon as it was over, I felt it. I could feel it in my heart. I could feel it. Something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't right. So we were in balance, but... We're more balanced now after I put him in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, when I tell you I've worked it from, for 26 years, we've been through the whole gamut pretty much. We have never, uh, he's never cheated on me, but, um, but we've been through a lot. And uh, he's realizing, we're both, we both come, uh, it's, it's a different show now, it's a different it's a different walk. It's much easier, you know? There's yeah. problems every now and then we blow up on each other, but we mature to a great extent. Anyway, Rosebud is very dear to my heart. Uh, if you go to Reverb Nation, uh, many, many men write me because they say um, her thorns will cut you like a knife. It will be a terrible plight, but it's a terrible plight for her. She, uh, she'll turn like a venomous snake, um... And, and he'll run for his life. But um, wind and rain and snow-filled skies won't destroy the strength inside the rose. So it's an analogy, a nexus between the woman and the rose. But um, on Reverb Nation, the, it's probably my signature song. Okay. Probably well, along with backup, and yeah. which is also uh, a really great and, song. And we are actually we're going to play. Um, yeah, we're going to play a bunch of your songs in a little bit. I just I want to ask you a couple other questions though before we even get to the music part. You you yeah, I know that I didn't you, need to get caught up in. That oh no no that's okay. That's okay. That's right. I wanted to ask so you. Important. Yeah, you were in a band called Disaster Recovery. How old were you, and how did you get into that band? Uh, I was twenty five. I was uh, I was about twenty twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. I was with Rudy my first time. Well, I wasn't with Rudy yet. I, uh, Johnny Warchell was the writer of that band. Phenomenal, phenomenal writer. In fact, I'm going to bring back four of his songs. Um, I was in my house one day, and my father, my mom, I had lost my mother when I was 21. My father was seeing this woman, Pat. Her son, who I can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head, had a friend, Johnny Warchell. So he said, why don't you come down? You like to sing. Everybody knew I liked to sing, but I wasn't doing anything with it. So I did. I went down there. And um, we started working together, you know, and uh, first Johnny would have this really fast beat. I was like, you know, you got to do something because it's, <laughs> it's a little too fast for anybody. But um, he did some really great stuff. Then we ran into uh, Rudy. Uh, then Rudy and I, we worked with, the, uh, with Johnny for a while as best we could, and then we all just broke up. Um, and uh, I didn't do anything after that. I mean, I just... Uh, I was going to say I was 25, 28, I don't know. I met Timmy when I was 32, and I got married, and I had my two girls, and now they're 25 and 23. But disaster recovery, we could have made it. We played out a couple times, and I remember the bar owner came out and said, don't, you know, he said, please come back. That was in um, uh, East Orange or West Orange, I think, and it was, uh, I, well, with Johnny, it was the Dirt Club was back then, and there was another place. And I remember that they gave everybody uh, paper cups and stuff uh, because I don't know. I don't know. They would get violent or something. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> okay. The, the, owner, the owner came out and he just said, please come back. But we broke up that night. So that was very sad. But uh, I do talk to Johnny today, as a matter of fact. And um, he's, uh, he's uh, writing a book right now. And he is, uh, I'm also talking to him about, he's got songs. Let me tell you something. He's got songs that you could line his whole house with with songs. And he's a, a great guy. You know, we all go through things. Johnny was very in love with me at, at the time, and I I wasn't in love with Johnny. I'd never slept with Johnny. It was just um, a friendship. And uh, he just, I, I loved him and adored him. He just wasn't my, yeah. my type, you know. So then when Rudy came along, that's what happened. Anyway, let's go with that subject. <laughs> that, no, that's all right. That's right. Now, who have you, who have you been compared to musically? Oh, I'm compared to, uh, well, Mary and Faithful I'm compared to, uh, Melissa Etheridge, uh, some people say Kim Carnes. Uh, um, 
just recently on my Facebook page, somebody listened to my song uh, Crossing Over. Uh, no, 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 Picture Perfect, which is just the guitar and me uh, singing. And they said it's so nice to hear that raw sound of Janis Joplin. And I was like, wow, that's a first. So that was kind of nice. Um, and then um, Crossing Over is uh, more uh, stagey. And uh, I hear a lot about Pink Floyd. You know, not my voice, but, you know, the sounds of how it was mixed and stuff. Okay. Uh, music of the 70s. I get a lot of that, you, you know, your music sounds like the 70s, but that's because, I guess, I don't know why, I guess I pay, play in the upper neck. I'm not, you know, I don't really know why. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, that's all right, because you... I'm, you... Just, I'm just grateful that... Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm just grateful that uh, I've been given uh, a wonderful opportunity to express myself um and some people say mary you're really deep uh your eyes a lot of people have told me that my eyes can see well everybody's eyes can see it's just that we get caught up in life and we get busy we work and uh, yeah with maturity that's all right. Well, you know, you, you look at things and try to analyze them. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to do, I want to take a, a short commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna pl- we're gonna play some clips from from you know from your album, and then I'm gonna have you tell me a little bit about each one. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Now, if I had a nickel, maybe two. Rub them together and think of you. Consumers, do you have bad credit? Can't purchase a house or car? Paying too much in interest on your credit cards and loans? Scammed by credit repair companies? There is hope. You can get back on track and do it the right way. Call Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500-6064. Or go to CreditEducationConsultants.com now and get the help you need. Don't delay. Call today. Mortgage reps and realtor inquiries are also welcomed. Central Payment, your number one credit card merchant service provider in the industry. Providing e-commerce solutions, POS systems, standalone terminals, mobile apps, and much more, call Central Payments James Carner at 813-777-4332. Looking for the lowest rates in the industry and number one customer service? Call Central Payments James Carner at 813-777-4332. That's James Carner, 813-777-4332. And welcome back to the world of Lori Zook. I am here with Marianne Stefanik, very talented musician. And Marianne, tell me, that was one of the songs from your album. Tell me about that song. Oh, that's If I Had a Nickel. Um, well, that's interesting. It's a very magical song. It's actually, um, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's like, you know, you can spend time in your memory. You can, your partner there can, and nobody else can get there but you. And uh, it's magical. You can think of, you know, uh, a relationship, and, and, and you remember it. You can share it with people, but you can remember it vividly, how it played out. So uh, I don't know how I came up with a nickel, and there's certainly no dimes and no genie in a bottle that can change the hands of time. But um, nickels together, you can just get there. And it's, uh, it's kind of like a magic carpet ride, you know, and, and, uh, and we all know, I mean, there's, there's times in your life, no matter where, and it's more like, um, I guess it's more related to, uh, uh, um, a relationship. Uh, That's how I see it because you, you can't change the hands of time and it's kind of a romantic song, I guess, in a way. And, uh, you know, you just can spend time in your memory. Um, I didn't know we were going to do that song, but, um, I, it, uh, if I haven't had a nickel, has a great movement uh, to it. It's just a, a, a wonderful song um, that just allows you to spend time with yourself in your memory, with okay. your memories. Now you, we and talked. That's to, what. Uh, 
Yep, that's all right. Yep. We we talked a little bit about your, so Rosebud is your signature song. So we're going to play a couple of minutes of Rosebud and then we're going to talk about it. All right, so stay okay. with us. Yep. yep. So that was your your signature song. So give me give me. I know we talked about it a little earlier. Give me a brief summary of that that song because that song is you. Yeah, uh, it just is a, a reminder to to remember that she's the love of your life, the center of your world. She reinforces life. She brings life to this world. And uh, why don't you know? And why does it turn? You know, why don't you know? that she loves you so, and what makes it so difficult to share that. Um, and like I said before, you go through so you know, you must be grateful. Don't spite because people know when you do that, whether it's a woman or not, squeeze her hand, hold her tightly by your side, and tell her that you love her all the time. Uh, in time, if that doesn't work out, her thorns will cut you like a knife. It's a terrible plight for her because, it, you know, it just, doesn't work out well um and she'll turn like a venomous snake and he knows it she'll bite and his blood will drain and he'll run for his life <laughs> and uh they'll do batter whatever it is and wind and rain and snow-filled skies won't destroy the strength inside the roads um it's a pretty uh emotional uh, pretty lot. <laughs> the men that write me they're just like oh my gosh Marianne, <laughs> it's so true it's so true <laughs> Well, that's all right. If she turns, it's just going to be a fight, you know? Yeah, well, what we're going to do next is we're going to play Nowhere to Turn. Why'd you let go of a hand? She was trying to understand. So cast out like a stone Then she realized she was all alone Oh, she had no, 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 no No, 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 no way to turn On her face, 
song i want you to talk about that i also want to ask you is that that is that is that uh jay leslie playing sax in the back uh, yeah on on a rose is a rosy rose that's all jay leslie uh with his uh wind instruments uh that was written uh july 23rd 2007 we were down the shore like they said and um you know my songs are based on my life basically things that i see you know i was in a struggle um, and I guess it really tells the story, you know, he let go of her, whether it was her hand or not. She didn't feel that closeness anymore. She was trying to understand it, so she did feel cast out like a stone. And that's, you know, when you feel cast out, you are alone. doesn't matter if you're in a group of people, that's how you are. Mm-hmm. You could be anywhere. Um, but she realized that she was alone and she had nowhere to turn. So then he came looking for her, and he finds her sitting in the sand. Not that this really happened. (laughs) You kind of make it up to work because you want to, you know, you you, got to tell a story. Um, But, you know, she's sitting there, and she's got streaks uh, on her face, and uh, tears are falling into her hand. She's got no shoes or socks, and she's, you know, on the beach. And um, But then he realized at that point that she was uh, very sad, and and she had, uh, and she, uh, he was, he was in love with her. Uh, but at that point, she turns and she says, um, don't feel sorry for yourself anymore because she's not turning back. She's not looking back. She's already slammed that door. But he doesn't see it that way. In, in the third verse, he says, he grabs her and he holds her close and he tells her that she is the most of everything that he ever had. And then she knew that he was so sad. And, of course, you can just visualize it. He had nowhere to turn. She had nowhere to turn, so they had to turn together. And um, I have a video up on uh, Reverb Nation, and it's also on my Facebook page. Um, We had taken a boat ride, and the dolphins ran alongside us. So my daughter, Nikki Lee, took all the pictures of the dolphins as they were swimming along and jumping up and so forth and so on, and showed uh, the separation of them and how, you know, you could see uh, the pink belly, it would, like, show her, I guess, and then you see him, and he would go into the water, and then when he grabbed her and held her close, the two dolphins came out at the same time, and and the words are, and he grabbed her and held her close and told her that she was the most of everything that he ever had, and it was like, wow, you know, it's emotional. you You could put people to it, but it just worked out, and Nikki Lee did for a young girl, a teenager, a young teenager. She did it so well. Uh, she did, really, kids are so brilliant. Uh, and she put it together really nicely. It's a nice little video. It really is. And, and it's, it's one of my favorite songs. It, it's just um, romance and love and everything. And, you know, it could heal and it could go back together. Uh, you know yourself. Everybody, we, were, we all have been in relationships and we know how they can turn around and, some don't, and, you know, some people come into our lives to stay, and some walk out, some are there to push us, and who knows what. But but being in love is just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing, you know. So it was very much inspired by unhappiness, and yet inspired to have a pick-me-up, which um, makes you feel good that it can always turn out right in the end after you yeah, your songs, your songs are very, yeah, but they're very, they're emotional and, and they're deep. And I think that's what kind of differentiates them. I want to play, um, I got to tell you why. Oh, I'm sorry. No, actually, let me do Backup Man first. Let's do Backup Man. Oh, my favorite. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. Backup man, guitar and sax in hand Let's write a song, sit by my side Well, let's converse a while Watch his stare, what's going on in there? Don't you want to share? Oh, come on in, let it out Oh, let it out 
can now see the light in his eyes Hear the sounds as they begin to rise It's another dimension, can you feel it inside? Watch him now Oh now Watch him now Backup man, give me the backstory, Marianne. Okay, the backstory is this is what happened. So my husband and I, of course, through this whole album learning turmoil, uh, are having ups and downs. He came home with a card that said "Your backup man" on it. I never told anybody this actually, and I looked at him and I wanted to punch him in the face, <laughs> but I didn't. And. Uh, uh, I was uh, I was just uh, I had just recorded a couple songs, and I, I, I looked at this backup man, and he, and he said, "You're backup man," and I, I thought to myself, "Yeah, I don't think so, um, not at the time anyway." Although he is my backup man, um, somehow it struck me, backup man, and somehow I wrote this song. Now, when it says, "Can you feel it?" Okay, so 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 the song is actually a love affair between a guitar, and a saxophone. If, if you wanted to pick it that way, that's how you would have to probably do it. Okay. Anyway, at one point I wrote, can you feel it, can you taste it, can you hear it, do you want it, don't you love it, woohoo. And my daughters went, uh-uh, you can't do that, Mom. Now wait, I didn't write it for this song. I was writing another song, and when I said those words that way, they went, you can't do that. That's what you can't do that. You're a mom. You can't write like that. Whatever. I was like, okay, well, all right, fine. And I ripped up the paper. I really ripped it up. I just threw it in the garbage. Okay. And then all of a sudden, backup man just started to come together. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You got a saxophone and a guitar. Wait a minute. What do I do with those lyrics? So I went to the garbage, and they were still in the yeah. They were just there. So I took them out, and I went. This is going to work. And I just put it in there, and it, the song just came together. And um. Uh, I don't know, I guess it had a sexual overtone to it. It still does, but I was like, it works. For this song, it works. Right, it's a right. great song. I love it. It's um, it, it's a back, the Backup Man is a song for anyone who backs up another musician or even in your studio, you back up each other. Uh, you know, it's a relationship. It's a friendship. It's a, it's a, it's a backup person. It's a, it's a father to a son. It's a father. A, a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, a daughter to a mother, and vice versa, and so on. The scenario could go on forever. Um, so it's another dimension, and you can feel it inside. It's a great song. I love it. I I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could get a lot of get my music out there. It's very difficult. I'm not. I'm not a very good marketer. So I'm glad that you guys are there <laughs> to help me a little bit. That's but right. But anyway, um, Backup Man is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs. Absolutely. What we're gonna do next? Now we're gonna do. I gotta tell you why. I gotta tell you. Just need to tell you why. Why? Why? I'm gonna tell you, you know I'll tell you why, why, why. Why the oceans don't run dry. Tell you. 
right. Great song. Upbeat song. Go ahead. Talk about it a little bit more. Okay, so I wrote that in March 2008, very inspired by uh, what Oprah and um, and uh, had this 10-week, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it exactly. Um, uh, anyway, I would sit by my computer and, it, you know, it was a very spiritual song. It just came out of, it just, <laughs> I just went downstairs and, uh, after three uh uh, shows of this 10-week um, session that Oprah and Eckhart Tolle had, and uh, I just started uh, singing, I got to tell you, because that's what he was doing. He was telling us how to become more spiritual, I guess, and how everything is alive. He wasn't really talking about the oceans and stuff like that, but that's what came to me, and um, just a very inspiring song that just talks about, you know, the oceans and how they don't run dry and how when we're overwhelmed we cry because we're alive and how our scars heal and they heal from inside. And the newborn makes us shine and friends make us smile. And the sparkle that we have, because you can see the life in somebody. And a sweet tooth, God, it's, it, you know, you know a sweet tooth yourself, you've got to have that candy bar. It's going to <laughs> desire. And yep. when we make love, yep, we do. We all shudder inside. That's the way it is. And now when we're old, we are just so much wiser. It's funny when I say, well, while, while making love, we shudder inside. Somebody says to me, I never heard anybody write like that, you know, but we all do it. <laughs> anyway, it's... Yeah. um. A great song, uh, very inspired, like I said, by this 10-week course that Oprah and Eckhart Tolle had, and um, it came from that. And it's really a great song, a reminder that everything we see, taste, you know, everything has life, everything has life, everything has life in it, and um, how we are so moved by so many things, newborns, and moved by our own healing and, you know, so much. Uh, yeah, your just, music, uh, your music covers every. I mean, it covers. Quiet. Yeah, it covers everything. All the emotions. <laughs> well, it really does. It just it covers it all. As you're sitting in your rocking chair, going, "Yeah, I remember that." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what we're going to do? We only have a couple of minutes, but I want to play just a little bit of hips, lips, and eyes. Ladies, let me tell you something. How I got my man snuck up like a slinky. Moving down the stairs And when he turned around He was so, so surprised He didn't even realize that He was mesmerized So if you can stand to listen You just might understand It's just a little secret as to How I got my man Shh, I did it with my hips Lips and eyes, yeah, I did it with my hips, lips and eyes. Yeah, I did it with my hips, lips and eyes, and he was mesmerized. Now I don't want you to listen to a word he has to say. Ask any woman in the land, it'll always be the same. Actions are the most important, and he'll put them on display. Cause there is no rhyme or reason as to what he has to say. Yeah, it's still the same old story. Watch the actions of your man. You really don't need to listen, cause he hasn't got a plan. You'll get him with your hips, lips, All right. So we're back. Tell me just real quickly, because we're going to wrap up here, and I want to ask for all your contact information. Tell me about hips, lips, and eyes. Uh, hips, lips, and eyes is pretty much self-explanatory. You know that if you put your high heels on and you got a pair of jeans and a nice collared shirt, and you go walking down the street, and you're in your 30s, and you're looking good, heads are going to turn. Well, it's um, the hips are with the thighs, right? And the lips are there, and the eyes have to meet, and... Uh, it's uh, pretty much self-explanatory. He will turn his head, and he that's how you get him. That's the initial, I think, uh, I think we're going to the same way, but I wrote the song, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I wrote the song, so it goes my way. Um, yes, he, he, you know, it, 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 men are in love with women. They're in love with the physical. I think that's what they see first. And uh, when, with both of them, though, I mean, women and men, it's that physical attraction. And... Um, you know what? That's how we did it. We get it with our hips, lips, and eyes. I mean, it's like you know, it's yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to move so 
um, you don't have to go out of your way to do it. It's just kind of normally happening. <laughs> way. Uh, we, uh, we are yeah. the, the, the prettier of the two. Yeah. Uh, you know, women are pretty creatures of this earth, opposite of what the animal kingdom yeah. is, you know? Yeah, the opposite, um, yeah. Well, I want to th- go ahead. I want to. I want to thank you. We got to wrap it up. I want to thank you, but I want you to give out. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Website, you know, email. How can people call get a hold of you? Uh, well, I didn't write all that down. Well, I'm on. Um, uh, I'm on CD Baby, and uh, they can look up a roses, a roses, a rose. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook. It's Marianne Dot M I U C C I O Stefanik. Um, I'm on um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Amazon. Uh, you can get me there. You know the album there. Um, I'm on Reverb Nation. Uh, uh, they can they can write to me if they want to. It's PO Box Forty One Northwood, New Jersey zero seven eight seven seven, or they can get in touch with your. Uh, um, they can get in touch with me. Sure. Uh, radio station. Yep. Yep. They can get in touch with. Uh, your radio station, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I didn't write down all that information. It's something that I should, because you know, the um, that's all right. We'll, we'll CD baby. Yeah, we'll get the information out if anybody contacts us. I want to thank you so much. It was been great doing a show with you. We're going to go out with some of your music and join me, Lori Zook, next week on the World of Lori Zook. <laughs>